Welcome to the seventh, seventh episode of Talking ETV. And today I am showing you yet another smoothie recipe. All right, now hear me out, y'all. For those that are new here, for people that may not know, hi, my name is Michonne. I'm a professionally trained chef. I've been cooking my entire life with culinary school, blah, blah, blah. I've been plant-based seven years. I'm a conscious eater, blah, 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 all that good stuff. And I am here because somebody got to teach y'all how to make some healthy food that tastes good. Because I know when I was looking for the shit, it didn't exist. I know how to make all that regular shit, but I don't eat that. Like, you're not going to come to my channel and find the Hennessy glazed salmon and the honey hot wings. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just not that girl. I watch those people and I love those people, but I'm just not one of them. You coming over here for the good shit, but it's also good for you. And I don't care what nobody say. Everybody need a good smoothie recipe arsenal because I have yet to go out and pay for a smoothie that's better than something I made at home. Like literally never. So yeah, let's get into it. Today I'm showing y'all a mango blueberry smoothie. I don't remember exactly when I first started making this smoothie, but... My smoothie recipes literally come about just based off of what I got in the freezer. I'd be like, ooh, this sounds good. Recipe is, of course, on my website. So let's just get straight into it today. I ain't going to hold y'all. And I'm hot because I had the heat on. It ain't even really cold enough in L.A. to have the heat on, but I had the heat on. I had to cut it off because I'm like, bitch, I'm hot. And I need the smoothie to cool me off. So this was really perfect timing, even though I was making this anyway. So far, with every Walking Dead podcast, I have showed y'all a smoothie recipe. I'm going to make separate playlists on my channels. That way, it'll be easy for y'all to find certain recipes on my channel. So, when I'm making a smoothie, what did I tell y'all? Easiest to blend at the bottom. So, we're going to do milk at the bottom. This is vanilla non-dairy milk. Because Lord knows we don't do real milk. Coconut water. The combination of the non-dairy vanilla milk with the coconut water is so good with this. A little bit of date syrup. This is on my Amazon store, which is linked in the description. Keep your smoothies extra sweet, but also extra healthy by not adding sugar. Dates are a fruit, if you don't know. The only ingredient in that date syrup is organic dates. That's on my Amazon store, link below. Okay, this is the only optional ingredient. This is a green powder. This green powder is on my Amazon store as well because I got to show y'all the shit I get off Amazon. And this is the only ingredient that's optional. I just eat this every day. So no matter what smoothie I make, I'm going to eat this. Like, it ain't even nothing to talk about. Now, let's get into the mango and the blueberries. If you could get the frozen wild blueberries, they taste even better than the regular blueberries. Frozen organic mango, all of this is organic. And just for the texture, one frozen organic banana. Remember all them bananas I had right there? Peeled them, cut them up, put them in the freezer. If you got the burro bananas, those are even better. And then that's it, that's the smoothie. This is so refreshing. I mean, refreshing. Oh, this smoothie is so good.
Where's your mason jar supposed to be while you're making a smoothie? In the freezer. Have I taught y'all anything? There's just a few more degrees that your smoothie won't lose from you putting it in a room temperature cup. Look at that texture. You see that? I need my smoothies thick. Oh, I need the tamper. Oh, just over there. you go. That's how you get a smoothie out. I feel super rushed and frantic today, if y'all can't tell. My fucking internet was out for like two days. I don't know why. And now my internet then came back on, and I'm like, oh shit, let me hurry up and record this podcast. Because of the way that I recorded, I need internet. So I'm like, well, let me hurry up and do it in case the fucking internet go out again. That's why I couldn't get the House of Dragon podcast up. So good. Oh, and what you supposed to do? Straw. And put your smoothie in the freezer until you finna drink it while you cleaning out your blender. dry up clean out your blender i've done it before so you don't have to do not do it and store it upside down to dry okay now y'all let's get into this episode of walking dead because girl it was good it wasn't real long but it was good and just like that, we with the walking dead background. Now, y'all, it ain't been feeling right sitting in the kitchen and not record with all my shit because this is going to be in storage soon because walking dead is ending and I want to find like a really nice place to put it. Like y'all don't have people have them nice cabinets for their comic books. I want like some shit like that to put all of this shit in. Also, when I'm done with this, I need to record my little Halloween clip. That shit going to be so funny to me. Anyway. Let's get into this episode because it wasn't long, but like I said, it was a lot. So they started off the episode with the Maggie reflection. Now, you know, we've had a reflection for different characters at the beginning of every episode of 11C. And I man, the one for Maggie was short. I ain't appreciate that. But it was definitely nice to be reminded of her growth because Maggie has had arguably one of the worst post-apocalyptic experiences from losing a parent and a sibling and a significant other as well as just everybody else that she considered friends and family. Maggie has had a very bad apocalypse. And it wasn't even like a parent she didn't like, a husband she didn't like. Like, no, it was her fucking man, her soulmate, Glenn, everything, so... Maggie has had one of the worst, I, to me, Maggie has had the worst apocalypse experience, just period. 
She lost a parent, a significant other, and a sibling, and everybody she loved. Rick lost a significant other and a child. And friends and family. Carol lost a significant other. It was hard, but it was fuck Ed, but she lost a child. You know, everybody didn't hate it hard, but Maggie has had arguably one of the worst post-apocalyptic experiences, period. And I feel like Maggie had it the worst. I don't like, yeah. If I had to choose who's had the worst post-apocalyptic experience, it would be it would be Maggie. Cause you gotta think, like, it wasn't like when Carol lost Ed. He was beating her ass. Like, that was an abusive husband. So it's like, she was hurt, he died, but that wasn't like her man. She had died for him. You see what I'm saying? Like, Rick and Lori wasn't seeing eye to eye. It wasn't like they was peaches and cream. Like, Maggie and Glenn was like this. And she had to watch him get beat to death. She had to watch her daddy get his head cut off. She thought her sister was dead. Then, a couple of hours after she found out her sister was alive, her dumbass sister got herself killed. Like, so yeah, not a, yeah, Maggie has had the worst post-apocalyptic experience and now her child has been taken from her so she is just at her wits end right now bitch i feel for maggie like that's why she come on Herschel, stand up talking about his daughter but yeah maggie has had the worst post-apocalyptic experience fight me in the comments now after that it went to This movie is so good. If you like mangoes and blueberries, it's for you. It cut to... Remember, I was wondering how Maggie and them got captured because they wasn't at the Commonwealth. It cut to Maggie, Ezekiel... No, not Maggie and Ezekiel. Maggie, Gabriel, and come to find out Rosita all got captured together by the Commonwealth soldiers. So Maggie came to... In the back of the truck, you know, they on this road trip, bitch. The Commonwealth soldiers sleep. Maggie was the first one to come to, and she started having flashbacks and when they took her show. And I was just like, can Maggie get a fucking break? Full uncut reaction video is on my website, of course, as well as the recipe to the smoothie. And my salt-free all-purpose seasoning is on my website as well. Maggie is like, bitch, we got to get out of here. So, you know, Maggie break free. And then um, she got Gabriel loose. Then Gabriel went and got Rosita loose. So Rosita jumped off the truck. Gabriel jumped off the truck. I, was, I said this in my reaction video. I was like, can they please be the last truck all the way in the back so that when they jump off in the back and they could just roll away and run up, won't nobody see them? I was so happy they was the last truck. But Maggie hesitated when it was her turn to jump off. And they, like, hit a bump or something, and she fell. The Commonwealth soldier woke up, bitch. It was a whole thing, y'all. That clip in my reaction video is so funny because literally I said the Commonwealth soldier was hanging on the tree like a Christmas ornament. Like, you just got to see it. It was so funny. So good. So, yeah, I'm just really feeling for Maggie, y'all. Because she didn't really had a bad apocalypse experience. Oh, this smoothie is so good. I needed this. So then, Rosita and Gabriel, right? Rosita and Gabriel is together right now. Which every episode, y'all know, it 
I remind y'all that I don't understand how he got Rosita. Like, how did he get the baddest bitch in the apocalypse? I still don't get it. And she no Gabriel. Like, no Gabriel. Like, bitch-ass Gabriel. Crazy. I swear, if he wanted to pass, then he wouldn't get no play from nobody. But anyway, Gabriel has come a long way. And they took Coco. So, obviously, Rosita riled up. But... This is only after her and Gabriel wake up the next day. Because when they rolled their ass off the truck, remember, they was just drugged. So they weren't necessarily stable. I'm talking about disoriented. It was given Rick when he woke up in the hospital. Like, they was not to it. They got woken up by walkers that they had to tag, team, and kill. Uh, Rosita's just gung-ho, ready to go look for her daughter, ready to go look for her daughter. And Gabriel want her to stop. But she like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go look for my daughter. I will give him credit because when she was wanted to split up, he was like, no. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Because I'd be so mad when our people split up. I'd be like, no, please stay together. So I was happy he didn't listen to her with that. And a moment that I thought was really funny was when Gabriel was like, um, what do you always tell me when I'm something? And she was like, quit bitching and move forward. I'm like, that literally sounds like something somebody would have to tell Gabriel. Like, them two together, it's just, I don't I don't think it's intentional, but to me, it's comedic relief when watching Walking Dead. Just the fact that Gabriel and Rosita together at all. And seeing them interact is comedic relief for me. It doesn't ruin the show or make it bad, but it is just comedic relief to me. Mm-mm. Y'all should see my cats right now. How they just looking at me. I think at this point in the episode after that, it got to all of the adults on the bus. So even throughout this episode, we haven't seen any of our kids. And y'all already know what my theory is. My theory is that we're not going to see our kids until the finale. Like, everything is going to be a big old huge fight all the way to the end and we're going to get our kids back. I swear to God, we better get all of our kids. I need all our kids. Not half of them. Not two, three of them. I need all our kids. RJ included, even though he is the most wasted character in Walking Dead history. How do you have a Rashawn baby and don't make us invested in him? It's crazy. But... I'm telling y'all here now, I'm RJ for Halloween. Wait till y'all see the clip that I remade. That's why I got the Invincible comic, the little moment when he was... <laughs> oh, Feliz Dia de los Muertos, by the way, to everybody that celebrates it that way and not American Halloween just to go eat candy. I'm literally going to put on the hoodie and the everything when RJ was reading the Invincible comic. I'm going to remake that clip and put it on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I'm going to put it on YouTube just because I think it's so funny. I'm going to pick out my afro and everything. I'm going <laughs> to... And me and RJ is like damn near the same complexion. I think he might be a little bit lighter than me, but it's hilarious to me. So I'm going to remake that clip from when Daryl was talking to RJ while he was reading the um, Invincible comic. I don't know how I'm going to record it yet, but I think it's going to be funny. So all the adults wake up at... All this time, before they've even showed us where they were taking our people, y'all know I've been saying concentration camp because, you know, look, white people love a concentration camp, love free labor. And now that I think about it, it's crazy because 
the Commonwealth has literally been able to achieve something that we haven't seen anybody else do other than the CRM. Now with, we haven't seen it as much with the CRM because we didn't, I mean, we, we didn't really get to see that much of the CRM, but the CRM is the only other group of people that we can say has done that just off of what we know, but we don't really know yet, but we've gotten to see the depths of the Commonwealth. So the Commonwealth so far that we've seen up until this point are the only group of people that have been able to continue living in America as if it's pre-apocalypse, which is insane. Literally from the government to basically recreating the prison industrial system, you know, the school to prison pipeline for black people is real bad in this country. Send a nigga straight to jail. That's all they free labor in this country. You know, that's modern day slavery. So the Commonwealth has been able to recreate basically the prison industrial system. Like, am I the only person that sees that with these concentration camps? All of this free labor, that's how they have been able to continue living how they are at the Commonwealth. Because, you know, I always be saying, like, how are they getting these cars? How are they getting these materials? Like, who's making this shit? So all of the people that be going missing from the Commonwealth is their free labor, their prisoners. That is just insane to me. They have been able to recreate the pre-apocalypse world. Like, it's the same. Shit is crazy to me, y'all. It's crazy. So seeing that in this episode, which I was already calling it concentration camps because I'm like, they're not killing them. They definitely finna go make them work because what else would they be having them do? Like, somebody got to build these motorcycles, build these cars, run all this shit because they not going to do it. So that was crazy. You know, Negan had his little thing going on, but it wasn't like an entire government system just as the United States is run today in 2022. So that shit was crazy to see in this episode. That was one of the most profound things from this episode. Some other stuff that happened in this episode that we got to talk about just off rip. Let's get straight to it. Negan and Ezekiel, y'all, we have never ever, 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 ever had a Negan and Ezekiel one-on-one -on -one conversation. I am so happy that Walking Dead has been tying up these loose ends, y'all. I am so happy. So that was really, really, really great to see. Y'all got to go watch my reaction video. It's so good to this episode. But just focusing on the people that went to jail, since that was the most profound episode, part of the episode for me personally, it's another one. We're going to get to that one. They woke up on the bus. You know, that was a long trip. They were drugged and everything. They neck sore. They groggy. They trying to wake up. They unloading them off the truck. They said this is their salvation. They don't got no names because they don't need them. They better not call each other by their names. I'm talking about they don't even got numbers. Nothing. I mean, just dehumanizing them off rip. You know, Negan did a little bit of that when, with everybody being called Negan. And then the other people that were like growing the food and making the bread and shit. I think those are the people that had numbers. But you can't call nobody nothing, y'all. This is not a game. If you play nice, if you work hard, then you will get to see your kids again. 
which I'm going to keep saying this. I said it in my reaction video. Our kids better be at Chuck E. Cheese. I'm not playing. I need our kids to be just not be being. I don't need our kids to be pr prisoners and slaves too, even though they are prisoners. But I don't need our kids to be slaves too. Our kids better be at Chuck E. Cheese having the time of their life somewhere doing something. Eating good, playing activities. All of our seven kids together, hopefully, and not separated. Y'all know I be so hurt when our people get separated. Girl! It is a lot going on in this episode. Like, it's so many little things I can sit here and talk about. I could go on about this episode for two hours, but... This was a really good episode that had some action in it. But it was real good for the storyline. Like, I know these last three episodes finna beat my ass. So, right now, I have not watched 22, even though I have it. I have not watched it early yet. I might watch it tomorrow. I don't know. I haven't watched it early yet because I don't. I didn't want to watch 22 and then record the 21 podcast. I probably would have watched 22 if my internet wasn't out this weekend. But, y'all, um, what was I finna say? Y'all know I don't got no script. This just be off the dome. I just be talking. I ain't got no script. If I had a script, this would be so well thought out. And y'all know I could read good. Welcome to the Commonwealth. My name is Michonne. And today we would like to discuss... Our... No, that's that's not what we're doing. Um, so the Negan and Ezekiel thing. Let me get back to that since I'm talking about our prisoners. You see they separated half our people, basically. They got arrested together. So the people that was on the bus was Ezekiel Kelly... Negan and his wife and then it was just like Negan people sprinkled in and a few extra people You see they separated Negan and his wife. I thought they was gonna separate Kelly and Ezekiel That was gonna be the last straw bitch. I was really gonna be mad, but now nah, I'm happy Kelly and Ezekiel are still together But they separated a few of our people and Negan and his wife are separated now So I wonder how that's gonna go So they kept some of the people at that first stop because they wanted them to work there before they took them to wherever they're gonna go after this and uh Negan and Ezekiel had a conversation, which they never have before. And Negan was like, hey, I ain't trying to hear all that shit. We, we got to make something work. And Ezekiel actually agreed to it. And I really liked that. So it was so good to see Negan and Ezekiel have a moment. Negan has grown so much as a character. Now, we all know the Negan that we met in season six would never. Six um six sixteen Negan would never. Seven oh one Negan sure as hell would never. But Negan sat down with Ezekiel, man to man, and he told him, you know, we gotta work together. And I love how Ezekiel didn't just say fuck you. Like Ezekiel told him why he don't like him. Even though Negan already know why. He said, coercing women to marry you, melting people's faces with irons and slaughtering my people. Let's not forget that Negan is the reason that the kingdom fell. He literally slaughtered the kingdom in all that war. So, you know, Ezekiel ain't gonna never fuck with Negan like how Maggie ain't gonna never fuck with Negan. And uh, Ezekiel said, I have avoided you for years. So to see Jeffrey and Kari talk, oh, that was so good. Good full circle moment. Negan was like, man, they got my wife. I don't know what to do. These people need some hope. And that's what you are good for. That's that's your specialty. And Negan, I love how even Negan said himself, like, he probably deserved to be in a place like this. And I'm like, yes, Negan. Anytime, y'all know I don't want Jeffrey to die. 
because of just the course of the show and it just wouldn't make sense for the show because it just wouldn't make sense for the show at this point. But y'all know I'm a rat for Glenn. You know, that's Walking Dead has never hurt me more than they did in 701. So at this point, they could kill anybody and I would be fine. But anytime Negan gets slandered, I am here for it. In the name of Glenn, in the name of Glenn, I am here for it. I love Negan slander. So even though I don't want Jeffrey to die and you know I love me some Jeffrey, any Negan slander is welcome because let's not forget what he did. A lot of y'all seem to forget what Negan did, but I, I, I can't ever forget in the name of Glenn. Just off the strength of Glenn alone. I could never. Another moment that I want to talk about that y'all not going to skip over is Carol and Maggie. Carol and Maggie have been together, obviously, since the farm. Damn near the beginning of the apocalypse. They go way back. This is this is OG characters. We had a lot of OG character moments, but with Carol and Daryl, don't even get me started on them. But the Maggie and Carol, that sweet moment that they shared. Let me tell you, I got to put my smoothie down. Maggie is at a fucking loss after, thank God, Carol and Daryl found her sitting in the middle of the road. Thank God. You know, usually when I do these podcast episodes, it's so funny. I will sit and I will talk and go down the episode in order. But I don't feel like I should do that for this episode. It's just some key things we need to talk about because it was just, it's just some real good stuff we got to talk about. A few good things. Like, we don't have to talk about everything because a lot of things weren't, like, mind-blowing. Like, yeah, they killed this walker, they did this. But it's just a few things we really got to get into that, I, that we got we to gotta, uh, elaborate on, if you will. So, that Maggie and Carol moment. Now, you know, Maggie and Carol go all the way back, damn near to the beginning of the apocalypse, to Herschel Farm. All the way back to when Carl got shot, Sophia was missing. Like, Maggie know all the pain Carol done been through. Carol know all the pain Maggie done been through. They don't even got to explain shit to each other. Like, these are two OG characters. Miss Lauren Cohan. I'm going to need y'all to get into her acting in this episode. Her acting in every episode, but her acting in this episode. Maggie's face was puffy. I'm talking about, they, I don't know how Miss Cohan did it, how they had her looking like that, but her face was puffy. Like, she literally looked like she had been crying the whole day when she was just sitting there crying to Carol, crying to her. She couldn't even talk. Like, she, you know you crying when you got to do this. <sighs> like, Maggie had to hit Carol with one of them. Like, she literally couldn't even talk. Couldn't even talk. They took her child from her. She was just like, it's my fault. It's my fault. And Carol was like, Maggie, you literally just one person. You can't fight the world. And Maggie was just like, no. Like, they took my child. Like, it's my fault. And Maggie is just going through the fucking motions. And she said she hate not knowing. When Carol pulled her in for that embrace, for that hug. Y'all know I love it when I people together. I always want everybody to hug and kiss. Give me affection. Give me love. I'm finna... I'm finna start crying. I know y'all see my eyes glossing over. Uh, I'm not finna do this. Ah, this episode was so good. Um, that Carol and Maggie moment is one of my, that's one of my all-time favorite Walking Dead moments. That was so nice because obviously Carol know exactly what she's going through. Carol just pulled her in and she was just talking to her and she was like, you know, when I first got to the Commonwealth, you know, it was just like the old world. I didn't even really see Daryl. And she was telling her how they had to attack us when we were all separated. So what does that tell you? And Maggie was like, 
that we scared the shit out of her. And I'm like, yes. Like, that, like they can only get y'all when y'all are separated. We all together, and we gonna make this shit work. That moment with her and Carol. That moment with her and Carol. That moment with her and Carol. So we, we, we had to get that. We got the Negan and Ezekiel. We got the Carol and Maggie. Let's get into this Carol and Daryl, because it was a few things with Carol and Daryl in this episode. Now, with Carol and Daryl in this episode, y'all know Carol and Daryl are in my top five. What are my top five? I tell y'all this all the time. Have y'all been watching me for the past three years? However long I've been doing reaction videos, it's Michonne, it's Rick, it's Carol, it's Daryl, it's Glenn. That is my top five in Carol. Wait, Carol, Daryl, Michonne, Rick, Glenn. Yeah, that's five. Top five, period. Three of them not in the show. One of them is dead. <laughs> I got Carol and Daryl. I do not ship Carol and Daryl. It's a couple. We need. I. That's weird. That's gross. They best friends, siblings, family, all of that. Platonic. They will never be lovers. They are not lovers. I'm gonna need for the Carol and Daryl ship to let that die. I'm sorry. It's Daryl and Connie for me. If Daryl was to be with anybody, it would be Connie. I still can't believe Leah got him. But the only reason Leah got Daryl is because Daryl was down bad. It was Rick was gone and he was out in the woods looking for him for years and. We was down bad. Michonne was pregnant. Him and Michonne had went through that whole thing. Like, it's just... Daryl was down bad. I swear. that On a regular day, I don't think Leah would have been able to pull Daryl. He was down bad. Like, he would have been cool with her, but I don't think she would have gotten no dick. I don't know, y'all. Do you think she would have got Daryl dick if Daryl wasn't down bad? I don't, I don't think she would have got none. Now, him and Connie, I'm going to need for them to get together and quit playing with me. But anyway... The Carol and Daryl in this episode, so good. Just seeing them together in action is so nice. And it was a few little things. Like, in the beginning, when they first showed Carol and Daryl in the beginning of this episode, they was looking at the train. And, you know, Daryl had his binoculars. He saw they had Connie. When he saw they had Connie, Daryl was ripped. Because they already looking for their kids. So they already riled up. He was really on go when he saw they had Connie because he could see her. He know where she is. They don't know where the kid's at, but Connie is right here in front of him. He can save her right now. He wanted to go mow all them niggas down on sight and go get Connie. And Carol calmed him down a few times. She had to calm him down a few times because Daryl was ready to go. And then, you know, it was kind of a parallel to when Carol wanted to get Alpha so bad, the whole cave thing ended up happening, and Carol did mention that in the episode, which was great. Um, she was talking to Daryl, she was like, I saw the same thing you saw when that uh, train door closed or whatever, and he was like, what? She was like, the cave. And that was just great to just remind Daryl, remain level-headed, we're gonna figure this out, we're gonna get Connie and our kids, but we can't just Go run up on them and mow them all down. We, we, we got to be strategic about it. You know, my auntie stay with a plan. So she had to calm Daryl down and remind Daryl of what Connie's sister Kelly said when Connie got stuck in the cave. What did Kelly say? We can't save them if we did. That was great. Really love that Carol and Daryl moment. Absolutely positively top tier. That duo, just over the years, they really got close. That was when they didn't they didn't really start to get close to the prison. I always think about that scene with Carol and Daryl 
at the prison when they was both on top of the that flipped over school bus and Daryl was trying to get down and Carol had like kind of hit his booty or something. He was like, quit, stop, whatever he said. He was like, girl, I'm not going to play with you. He, you know, can't nobody do that shit to Daryl but Carol. That was so funny. I love that little moment. Whenever I think about how long Carol and Daryl been cool, I just always think back to that moment when they was at the prison. And I, Carol was literally laughing because she knew he was so uncomfortable. Like, it was funny. So I always think about that moment. Another thing, what else happened this episode? It was a lot, y'all. Oh, we got to get into, um, get back on Maggie. What I want to talk about, I let a fucking fly in here. I'm going to quit opening that balcony. I need to get one of them nets. You know them nets that people get in their balcony that's like a screen door, but it's like magnetic? I need to get one of them. Squirrel. Mm. I talked about when Carol and Daryl got Maggie from the middle of the road. But let's talk about how she got in the middle of the road. When Maggie was on the run, okay, Maggie saw a child walker. Now, comment for me, please, and let me know. We have not had many child walkers on the show. I remember at one point, I don't remember where we was at. I don't know if it was the prison. I know it was a very long time ago. It was some baby shoes somewhere and it was like a sink. It was like real bloody and gross. I, I have no clue where that was, but I remember it was a long time ago. We, it wasn't, we didn't see a baby, but it was like baby shoes, like baby, baby shoes, like can't walk size baby. And, um, what else? Teddy Bear Walker, Sophia, and that child Maggie had to kill in this episode. The walker she had to put down in this episode. Those are the three most prominent child walkers I can think of off the top of my head. And I know we maybe had a couple here and there, like in a herd, and you would see one and it'd be real sad, real sad. But I can't think of any other child walkers that we really had. We don't get many kid walkers, which you would think we would get more. But I'm, I know a lot of the kids in the Apocalypse died in the beginning. And not many people are procreating in the Apocalypse. So, that was, that was a very big part of the episode. Maggie... Just had her child taken from her. She escaped. And now there is a walker that is literally about the same age as her boy trying to bite her. That was a... Woo, that was a moment. You see, she couldn't even do it. And then the child ended up helping her later because she had ran away from the walker. She didn't want to put him down. She just wanted to get away. And she was hiding when she heard that Commonwealth soldier riding by. And then the walker ended up being a distraction for her to get one up on the Commonwealth soldier to kill him and get his weapons and shit. And she had to put the boy down anyway. But that was a that was a good moment. That was a real good moment. Let's let's not forget about that when Maggie and that walker. I'm trying to think what else happened. I could go all day. 
I could talk about how Kelly wanted to run off. Let me get into Kelly. Because Kelly is something else. Let's get into Kelly real quick this episode. Now, Kelly in this episode, she going through it. You know, this ain't her first rodeo. She survived the entire apocalypse and not really being able to be in a nice, cushy situation where she just didn't have to end up leaving and running away from a fucking community. You know, like... Connie and Kelly people, they done been through the ringer. We don't know their whole story, but we know they done been through the ringer. And Kelly is going through with this episode. She know her sister got away, but then again, she might not even know her sister got away. All she know is she don't know where her sister is at. She's separated from all her people. Literally, all she got is Ezekiel. That's all she got. And she is just going through it right now. And... It's not even in a place where she has any control over anything. She is literally a slave right now. And she is going through it. And, ooh, she is in her acting bad, y'all. Angel, y'all. Can we get into her drip, though? Because Kelly really be dressed. Like, curls be on point, bitch. She had her little gold chain on, like... Kelly got the most swag in the apocalypse. We know that, period. But she going through it this episode. Like, especially on the end when you could really see it, especially on the end when Ezekiel and Egan was talking, she was just sitting there in the corner. I'm talking about, she is the definition of worried sick. She is worried sick. She didn't even eat her food that Ezekiel brought to her because he had got him a plate and her a plate. She didn't even eat her food. She was just over there in the corner just worried. Shut up. Y'all hear them cats, they mad because when I sit down to record, I put them in the cage. Like, girl, you can't get in the cage for an hour, damn. They be wanting to climb up my shit, knock stuff over, leave me alone. Just give me an hour to record. Is that how people with kids feel? Climbing all over them and shit? Can't put them in the cage, though. So. It's crazy. Kelly is really going through it this episode, y'all. She wanted to run so bad, and Ezekiel was like, No! We no, and them three people, I believe they were Negan people. I didn't think that at first. So when Negan went up talking to one of the Commonwealth soldiers, like, "Hey, my wife, me, and I got separated," punch Negan dead in the face. You only stop to eat and sleep. I didn't know it at first, but once Negan made a face, I realized that he was a distraction. So Negan was talking to the Commonwealth soldier. Three people didn't know they were his three people until Negan ended up making that face. Negan talked to the Commonwealth soldier, distracted him. Three people ran off, tried to, got shot. All three of them dead in the grass. And then Negan, after they got killed, he looked very sad. So that's when I was like, damn, Negan, them was your people and you was being a distraction. I felt so bad, y'all. And hey, everybody can't live. It's, it's three episodes left. But... That set an example. Ain't no fucking around. This is not a game. Concentration camp. This is this is not a game. So that let Kelly know, fuck, we really can't run away. Like, this is not a game. Then they left them there. And then when they was packing all the people up to go to the next location, they were walkers and was coming over there and got put down again. It was crazy. That was its own little full circle moment. Like, this is not nothing to be fucked with. This is the real deal. Y'all are in jail. Okay? 
free labor. Crazy. This smoothie is so good. Mm. I hope y'all are actually making these recipes. Whenever y'all make these recipes from my website, please tag me on Instagram at Chef Machon, C-H-E-F-M-A-C-H-O-N-D. That's my food account. And then Talking Eat TV is my other account, obviously. Like, please tag me. Please, because I'm going to repost it. I, mean, I remember y'all, I remember a couple of y'all have tagged me before in smoothies. Like, please tag me. Everybody needs a good arsenal of smoothie recipes. Every episode of Walking Dead, I showed y'all a smoothie recipe. So 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. That's five smoothie recipes. Most people barely know how to make two smoothies. Most people maybe make a strawberry banana and maybe a green smoothie. I didn't already show y'all five smoothie recipes. More savory food is coming. Yes, it is fall, but I don't care what season it is. You still need some kind of fruit in your life. 22, 23, 24. I don't know if I'm going to give y'all a smoothie recipe for the last three episodes of Walking Dead too, because you know I got to be true to my Walking Dead roots, not in front of my smoothie. If I remember, I'll insert the clip. If y'all get that Machine reference, y'all get it, not in front of my smoothie. Um, Because I drink smoothies every day, I'm going to make a smoothie. And I feel like smoothies is not something that people make good. They genuinely do not be good. Some... Other recipes I got coming on the way, Laura, you asked me to make eggplant in a way other than eggplant parmesan because that's all you know how to make or that's all you ever see people make is eggplant parmesan. I swear, I'm working at, on I'm working on that for you, Laura. Everybody else, comment below because every time I ask, what do y'all want me to make on the show? Like one or two people comment. It's hundreds and thousands of y'all watching this, like. Hundreds and thousands. Hundreds, thousands. Y'all need to comment what y'all want me to make. That's so much food, but yeah, so it's already going to be one recipe guaranteed every week, but sometimes it's going to be two. Today is Monday, Halloween. This Friday, I, House of the Dragon will be coming out, and my internet better not go out again, but even if my internet go out again... House of the Dragon is Friday. We're going to talk about episodes one through two. I was going to talk about episodes one through five, but so much happened in one through five, and I'm still understanding the Game of Thrones universe. I'm going to just do two episodes for each House of the Dragon podcast. So that's going to be this Friday, and that's going to be so good because House of the Dragon is better than Game of Thrones. But we're going to talk about that Friday. Anyway, so yeah. Now, you know, the episode is pretty much over by the time I'm done eating, but what else did I want to talk about this episode? I got into the Maggie. I got into the Gabriel and the Rosita. I got into all the most important stuff. Hmm. Before I get to the ending, was it one other thing I wanted to take, talk about? Let me just laugh at this Daryl moment really quick. Now... <laughs> The whole thing with the train, that the whole train scene when they had to get Connie was fucking hilarious. So obviously our people blocked, jammed the junction so the train couldn't go. And 
Our people took over the train, obviously. One person got away, which was the person that was holding Connie at gunpoint. And shout out to Connie for... She literally freed herself from a Commonwealth soldier holding her at gunpoint. She just continuously takes care of herself, right? Now, the dude ran because when he... When Connie did the thing and got the gun and got him off of her, he backhanded her. And you know that suit? That bitch, like, I know that hurt it. Connie fell to the ground. And Daryl didn't even give a fuck about the soldier. He made sure Connie was okay. Now, we know Daryl, season one, Daryl wouldn't let that... He wouldn't have looked after her. He would have came back later and looked after Connie, but he would have ran after the soldier first. Season one, Daryl. He made sure Connie was okay. And then he started chasing the soldier. The soldier got away on a motorcycle or whatever. And Daryl didn't even notice that it was another motorcycle. Because then, if you notice, Daryl looked and he was like... And then he got on the motorcycle... And was flying, chasing that nigga. And when I tell y'all in my reaction video, I was busting up laughing, girl. I'm talking about, I'm hollering, talking about it's giving ride with Norma Reed. It's like, I was on that bitch hollering. I thought that shit was so funny. Daryl was chasing him. And y'all know, Norman literally gets the best and coolest shots in Walking Dead. Like, so many different kill scenes and not even just kill scenes. Like I talk about like the moment when he threw the axe and it took down the tree. It hit it smack dab. Like Norman really actually threw that axe and it smack dab hit the tree. He just be getting the coolest shots in Walking Dead history. He be getting the coolest shots. But this one was funny to me because he was chasing the walker. And then he, the, not chasing the walker, chasing the soldier. And the soldier had lost their motorcycle. Daryl had to slide under a fucking tree with the motorcycle. Tripped him. With the motorcycle and then got up and killed him on site. It wasn't even nothing to talk about. It was crazy. That was so funny to me. That really tickled me. I'm holding off on getting to the end of the episode, but I talked about pretty much all the main points. Y'all got to go look at my reaction videos. Also on there, it's not just the Walking Dead reactions and the stuff that I've done on the podcast so far. It is my entire reaction video content library from... Punisher to Walking Dead to Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon to be up there this week to all different movies I've watched and Tales and Fear and Harry Potter and it's just so much shit. My entire even my my Stranger Things, all of my Stranger Things is on there. I remember when I very first started trying to post Stranger Things on YouTube, Stranger Things gets copyrighted worse than Walking Dead. That's how you know it's bad. All them videos got YouTube refused to let them videos go up. All of the Stranger Things is up on my website. My entire reaction video content library is on my website. There's a section for if you just want reaction videos. And there's a section for if you just want the recipes. And then there's a section if you want both. So, yeah. Let's get into this ending. Which got me because I didn't even catch on at first. So if y'all remember, there was like five or six Commonwealth soldiers on the train. I don't remember, but one of them was a lady. And before she even really started talking, I was like, that's a lady. I can always tell when it's a lady. I could just always, you know, women just stand different, hold ourselves different. I knew it was a lady. And then when she started talking in the walkie, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a lady. And that was the lady that Gabriel and Rosita killed. They had tag team my ass in the woods. And Rosita ended up pretending to be that lady on the radio 
I post 22. The train's been taken. Genius. Like, Rosita, we can't never discount Rosita. She's just as capable as everybody else. And um, so, like, Daryl wanted to go, like, hurry up and try to, like, go find our, like, um, I think this was before we got Connie or after. I don't remember. But Daryl wanted to, like, go hurry up and do something. But Rosita was like, we'll have a better chance of getting our kids if they don't know we coming. And then Carol was like, I know a way we could do both. And then that's when they had, like, the whole little plan. And then later on, after the bitch who was the train conductor killed himself. Oh, he made me so mad. He, um... <gasps> Wait, real quick. This moment with Gabriel. Gabriel comes through in the most random times, y'all. Now, y'all know I we love Seth Gilliam, but y'all know I love to shit on Father Gabriel because he be blowing the fuck out of me. How's Father Gabriel still alive? How? He be blowing me. But it's just always funny because y'all know I don't like Gabriel. But Gabriel be coming through in the most random fucking times. But it be very important. Not the time is random, but it's just the fact that Gabriel came through in that moment is random. Like, I always bring up that moment when Alexandria was overrun with like a thousand walkers. And Gabriel had to, Judith was still a baby. And Gabriel had to protect Judith and get Judith out of the herd into the church. Like, Gabriel did that. Gabriel be coming through when you do not like Gabriel had no business being that useful back then. That was damn near the same Gabriel that had just told Deanna that we don't deserve to be at Alexandria. So Gabriel be coming through at the most random fucking times. But then he came through again in this episode. He's the reason that the Commonwealth soldier even gave us the little tap of game he did. He genuinely didn't know where Outpost 22 was. He had only just heard of it and they had called him out today. So he didn't know, but he had Gabriel hold space for him and pray for him while he was dying. And I just be like, when you're not even thinking in this moment, Gabriel is going to be our help. He is. Ain't that shit crazy? It's crazy. But um, back to the ending. So Rosita was genius and pretended to be that Commonwealth soldier that her and Gabriel had killed. She was like, Outpost 22... The train has been taken. And she was pretending to be that Commonwealth soldier. And because obviously they knew they wasn't about to send no help. The Commonwealth gave Rosita the directions to Outpost 22. Great. Why Outpost 22 is Alexandria? Alexandria? Alexandria. Y'all, I didn't even catch it at first. So if you paid attention, I have watched this episode probably like five times already. When they, when they pulled up. To Outpost 22. Before they even showed us the gate. Ezekiel's face lit up. And then Kelly's face lit up. And then Negan's face lit up. But I thought their face was lighting up. Like oh shit we here. Wherever they about to take us. And then when they showed the gate. In my reaction video. I'm talking about how it reminded me of Alexandria. But when the lady on the walkie said. Used to be called Alexandria. I said wait that is Alexandria. It was crazy. The Commonwealth and painted they shit all on the gate. Outpost 22 Commonwealth. Oh my God. And in that moment, I knew the end of the show was about to whoop my ass. I already been saying that off rip, but whoever idea from the writers, whoever idea was to end the show at Alexandria, I mean, it's just, it's genius. We don't have to go way out 
and have our people fight somewhere we ain't never been like we usually do. We either be fighting at home or be a whole new place. We not going to the place wherever the fuck the whispers hi not hibernating. We don't got to go to wherever the whispers is migrating to. We don't got to go to the sanctuary. We don't got to go to Woodbury. We don't got to go to the Commonwealth. We don't got to go to where the Reapers was at. We always got to go somewhere. We either got to go somewhere or fight at home. But the fact that our fight is at home, this ending is going to be so good. This ending is about to be so good. So... I already done told y'all my theory is that the end of the show, that's when we're going to get our kids back. The finale at a, after however this shit end. We got Yumiko doing the court case with Eugene at the Commonwealth that's holding a lot of weight. And then we got our people at Outpost 22, which is Alexandria, which is home. And we know where they at now. So between the Commonwealth and Alexandria, these last three episodes in Walking Dead history, this is it. 22, 23, and 24. Ooh, these about to be legendary. And You know I'm for real. When I get the rubbing on my legs or when I get to doing this, <laughs> it's about to be so good. It's about to be so good. Oh, it's about to be so good, y'all. That's pretty much all I want to talk about with this episode. I mean... It was a lot. I can't think of nothing else. And the smoothie is gone. And I got a bunch of other shit I need to do. I still haven't recorded my video, which is funny. So me being RJ is so funny because it literally has nothing to do with Halloween. I was going to remake that clip of Walking Dead anyway. But the fact that it's Halloween is just perfect timing. So I'm about to get ready to... Go record that and do a whole bunch of other shit. I'm happy my internet is back on. It's Monday and this podcast is supposed to be up today. So let me hurry up and get this up now for y'all because I have not missed a Monday and I will not miss a Monday. At some point, I will be the person that batch films and has like 10 videos in the can. So whenever something do go wrong, I'll never be behind on content. But y'all been getting this Walking Dead every week and y'all will continue to get this Walking Dead every week. And even when Walking Dead ends, y'all still gonna get y'all shit every Monday. But yeah, so I love y'all. This is it. This is the end of the Walking Dead journey. This week, we got three more. That's another reason why I don't want to watch 22 because I'm trying to hold on to the last little few Walking Dead episodes because once I watch the last three, like, like there's no more. There's no getting another one next week. So, yeah, that's it. The only other thing that I'm going to say is I wish that Daryl and Connie would have kissed. Like, just even get him just a little something on the cheek. Like, damn. 